and welcome to the North Korea Freedom Week podcast. This is a special edition series by Open Doors USA, who is in affiliation with the North Korea Freedom Coalition. My name is Anj, and thank you for joining us. Uh, joining me today is Lindsay Bessie, who is the Advocacy Program Manager for Open Doors. Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing well. How Great. are you? I'm good, thanks. North Korea Freedom Week um, is devoted to raising awareness of the plight of North Koreans and human and religious rights abuse that's taking place right now. We hope to raise awareness of North Korea's serious condition and the criminal activity of their leader, Kim Jong-il. China actually continues to return North Korean refugees to North Korea where they actually face prison or death. Lindsay, other than this, can you kind of give us a brief description of what else is going on in North Korea right now? Yeah. North Korea is often considered one large prison camp. It's the most isolated regime in the world. The real problem in North Korea right now is that the leader, Kim Jong-il, maintains absolute control over everything within the country. So there's actually been a famine or a food shortage since the mid-1990s. Since the mid-1990s, two to four million people have starved to death in North Korea. On top of that, North Korea has actually imprisoned the most political prisoners uh, than any other country in the world. There's probably up to 200,000 people in prison camps in North Korea, which is just a huge number. And of those 200,000 people in prison, around 50 to 70,000 are Christians. Wow, so it's not really limited to just believers. No, the, the situation in North Korea is really affecting the majority of the people. Um, The starvation, the food shortage right now is probably getting to the proportions, maybe not quite as bad, but close to what it was in the mid-1990s. Why is there such a food shortage? Do they just not have the people to actually farm food, or is it the actual lack of resources? What is actually causing that to happen? A couple reasons. Uh, One is that, you know, they've had flooding, but probably the main reason is that they're not allowed to have private enterprise because they're a communist nation. So the resources aren't really being applied to farming and to to business, essentially. The government controls all growth of food. So what's happening is that Kim Jong-il is diverting almost all the nation's resources to the military and also to allow the ruling elite in North Korea to um, have a really nice lifestyle. So there's just a you know, tiny percentage of people in North Korea who are the ruling class, the elites, and they live a really opulent lifestyle while the majority of the people are suffering. Now recently, the actual, you know, the New York Philharmonic went over there, and I heard, I think on the news or something, somebody was saying that there was so much food there, the North Koreans were actually taking pictures of the food, not because it tastes good, but because they've never actually seen that much food before in their lives. Why do you think that Kim Jong-il is actually allowing that to happen? Is it really just because he's wanting people to have freedom to have their own enterprise? I think the main reason is that Kim Jong-il wants to maintain complete control of the country. He wants to make sure that he stays in power, and he will do whatever it takes to ensure that he stays in power. (laughs) <laughs> and so the side effect is that he doesn't put any resources into feeding the starving people, into building up their own businesses. Um, and there is some private enterprise. Basically, the way North Korea op- has operated since the mid-1990s is on the black market system. 
So people, you know, buy um, food in China or different commodities. They smuggle them into North Korea and sell them. Maybe they go fishing and try to sell that in the black market. So that's really how people are surviving. So, like, us at Open Doors, like, we deal with mainly people who are persecuted for their faith. What does persecution look like specifically for somebody who is a believer? Well, in North Korea, um, as in many countries, religious freedom is guaranteed in the Constitution, but the real problem is in practice. Kim Jong-il sees Christianity as one of the biggest threats to his regime. Um, He thinks that Christians will try to tear down his government, and so basically you aren't allowed to even own a Bible, you're not allowed to talk about God, not even say the word God. Um, What happened if somebody said the word God? Well, if people overhear them, then it's re- then you're reported to the police. So it's not just the police or the uh, the government who's keeping an eye on on the, its citizens, but it's actually citizens are taught to monitor each other and report on each other. So there's a lot of distrust in the society. So if someone has a uh, a house meeting, a church meeting, often you know they're very small because they only invite people that they trust. And some Christians don't even tell their own children that they're Christians wow. because in the schools, the kids are actually um, asked to report on any illegal activities that their parents do. So sometimes, you know, they try to make it into a game, but there's actually been reports of uh, teachers saying, you know, let's play this game and see whose parents are reading illegal books. <laughs> you know, can you find any of these secret books Jeez. that maybe your parents only pull out, you know, at, at certain times? And there was one lady who actually, she saw her mom hide a book away. And so she went and she took it to school. And then by the time she got home from school, her parents had already been arrested and taken to prison camp. She never saw them again. It's pretty intense then Mm -hmm. to actually be a Christian and be a believer. Absolutely. Over there. So then what is then the goal of North Korea Freedom Week? Is it to actually help free these people out of prison? Like, can I just, can you explain what that means? Yeah, actually, as you probably explained real quickly, you know, why Open Doors is involved in North Korea Freedom Week, because a lot of people look at it as, you know, just a secular human rights issue. The real point of connection for Open Doors is that because of the famine, so many people, so many North Koreans have been fleeing the country, and they can't escape into South Korea because of the demilitarized zone. So they go through China trying to get to South Korea or just to another country that will take them. The real problem is is that China will not allow the North Korean refugees uh, to stay in China or to you know, get to another country that will give them asylum. China has an agreement with North Korea to round up the refugees and to send them back to North Korea. Like an official agreement. Mm-hmm, an official agreement. And the, the real problem is, is that it is a capital offense to leave North Korea, punishable by execution or by imprisonment, in a political prisoner labor camp, which are basically like uh, concentration camps from World War II. So what happens is uh, the Underground Railroad has developed, and these are people who are trying to rescue the refugees in China, trying to help them get to a safe country. The majority of these people are um, Christians, so their missionaries are Christian humanitarian workers. And so what happens is these uh, refugees hear about Christ for the very first time, and uh, when they are sent, caught by the Chinese police and sent back to North Korea, they face a harsher imprisonment or harsher sentence because they're Christians or because they've even just had contact with Christians. And that's really the reason why Open Doors is involved in North Korea Freedom Link. Now, how come something like this isn't even put on the news? Like, it's not exactly something that we see on BBC or CNN or Fox News that China's sending refugees back to North Korea. Why don't you think something like this is 
reported on in the media? My personal opinion, I just don't think um, many Americans know much about it or really care. Um, there has there have been a few documentaries. Uh, National Geographic has done a few. BBC did one. Um, but it's just a, such a little-known issue. Uh, I really don't know why it's not being reported on other than maybe a celebrity hasn't brought attention to it <laughs> like they have to Darfur. You know, most people didn't know about Darfur before celebrities took up that cause. Um, we haven't seen anything like that with North Korea, and so it's just not getting the same attention. So the goal of North Korea Freedom Week is to bring awareness, everything that's going on in North Korea, the plight, these refugees. What type of things go on during North Korea Freedom Week? Um, basically, it's a week of events uh, that take place in Washington, D.C., and we try to bring awareness to our U.S. government as well as to the greater uh, American population what's happening. So members of the North Korea Freedom Coalition all host events during that week. Um, some examples of events are things like congressional hearings. Uh, we actually bring over delegation of North Korean defectors every year. And they I'm come sorry, what's a North Korea defector? I'm sorry. Uh, a North Korea defector is someone who has managed to escape from North Korea and um, has been able to get to a safe country. Okay. Usually these people go to South Korea because they have automatic citizenship Got once it. they've escaped North Korea. So, yeah, every year we bring in North Korean defectors from who are usually living in South Korea now. Um, and they come and testify in the U.S. Congress, as well as do panel discussions, maybe press events. We have a rally on Capitol Hill every year. They also have meetings with uh, U.S. government officials. But not everybody can actually participate in going to D.C. So like somebody like me who's not going to D.C., like, what is something that we can do, or anybody can do, no matter their age, at home? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, because there's really there's so many things you can do. I'll just give you a few here, but really the best way is to look on our website uh, where we have a list of all the different ways you can be involved. Um, but some things you can do, most simple, is just taking part in our advocacy campaign online on behalf of these uh, North Korean refugees. You can actually email your U.S. representative and ask that representative to sign a letter that will be sent to the Chinese president, Hu Jintao, on behalf of the North Korean refugees. But we have lots of resources online. You can um, see our prayer resources. Um, there's resources for churches. There's actually a video called Soul Train that explains the North Korean refugee crisis that you could even show to your church or to your small group. And there's resources to help you hold a prayer vigil, all types of um, resources. So really the best thing to do is just to go online and kind of see what we have and find out you know, what way you could become involved. Awesome. And that website is www org and North Korea Freedom Week this year is held April 26th through May 3rd in D.C. or around the country wherever you're at. From now until the week of North Korea Freedom Week, we'll actually be publishing podcasts every other week, Lindsay and I and maybe some other people, just kind of talking about ways that everybody here can get involved and just more information about the whole entire thing. And we'll also be podcasting during North Korea Freedom Week. We're probably going to try to work that out and Continue to tune in and listen to these broadcasts and updates. And again, our website is www.odusa.org. Or, Lindsay, I'm sure they can also email you at advocacy at odusa.org for more details. And, Lindsay, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for and, having me. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.